What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, that is Clarendon on another rainy afternoon here. And we are back for episode 167. And with me today, I've got uh, one of our co-hosts, one of our new co-hosts across from me. It's Tess Strike. Tess, how are you? How's it going, Chris? It's going well. Thanks for uh, stepping. I know there was some confusion whether you'd be back again or if, if we had another person to uh, fill the co-host role that Joanna has left, but here you are. I know. Back again. Docs is gone. I know. No Docs other hosts are is, yeah, here. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think we had confirmed. I, I, I you know, we had we we missed a week. I'm sorry to the uh, to the Pace the Nation audience. We missed a week. I think we had promised a different co-host, but you know what? I just, I think that you might be it, Tess. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if that's, um, if that's, if that's a good way to me to congratulate you on your new position or Congratulations, not. Congratulations, no one else showed up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, we uh, are thrilled to have you back uh, in studio uh, to get us through episode 167. Docs, like you mentioned, is off. Uh, we hope to have him back next week. We're still obviously uh, trying to figure out our schedule here. Um, and... We hope to have that ironed out so we become a weekly program again very soon. Uh, but a lot going on, so we definitely wanted to get an episode in. Uh, today's program, we are excited to be joined by Kyle Northrup. Uh, now, you'll remember him from a few episodes back. He ran Western States. He he's coming on. Western fi- States, fi- too. Finished Western States, and he's coming on for a completely uh, different reason uh, we have a video, and when's when's the video coming out? Thursday. Thursday. So we hope to have this video, uh, have this podcast out before the video. Uh, we're showing his video uh, about his struggles with depression and how running has helped him through those struggles, uh, and that will be out Thursday. Where are we showing the video? Pacers 14th Street at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. All right. So Thursday, um, and that's going to be. Let's say it's so we're, as we sit here, it's recording uh, September 24th. So it'll be Thursday, uh, September 27th is uh, the time that the, the, the showing will be. And it will be uh, at, at Pacers 14th Street, 7 o'clock, did you say? Yeah, 7 o'clock. So I believe it's Suicide Prevent. Is it Suicide Prevention Month? Yeah, Suicide so, Prevention Awareness Month. Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. So uh, a really cool story that uh, Kyle's going to share and how running has really uh, helped him through a lot of stuff. Uh, so we'll uh, talk to Kyle here uh, soon. Uh, excited to have him in studio. Also on today's program, uh, there was a record set in the marathon. So Absolutely. we want to talk about that exciting record set uh Across the pond, I believe. Over um, in Berlin. Over in Berlin. So we'll talk about that. Uh, also on today's program, uh, we had touched on uh, this topic, scooters. And I'm going to tell you how scooters have become a sort of a running hack for me. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. And uh, it, it has to do with the weather as well. But uh, these scooters that are all around Washington, D.C., Arlington, uh, they've been... In the way for a lot of people, but helpful to me on on uh, a couple of my runs so you're recently. A, a scooter fan? I, I think so. I'm still trying to figure it out, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, I, I think I'm a fan. Uh, also, today's program it is cross country season, and I've got a question for you, Tess. So we'll we'll get to that later on, and then finally, um, we definitely want to touch on uh, a, a person here in the DC running community who passed away this past week. Uh, we're going to talk about. Wendy Katrina Martinez and her tragic death um, that uh, happened last week when she was out running. So uh, a lot to get into in today's program, uh, but I did mention it is raining. It's raining again. Um, We're through the hurricane, I think. We made it. We did make it through the hurricane. So um, this isn't the hurricane, but it is going to rain pretty much all week, I think. Which I'm a fan of. I You're love it. You're a big fan of it? <sighs> yeah, I... I, I just came back from Seattle where... Oh, this should feel right at home. I, well, you know what? The thing is, it, it was not raining in Seattle. And I come back here, and it's supposed to rain today. It, it, it is raining today. And as we sit here, Monday, uh, September 24th, rain tomorrow, rain Wednesday, and possibly on Thursday. So 
I, I don't know. I, you're, you're a fan of the rain? This is my ideal running weather. Really? I like to get a little muddy, jump through some puddles, <laughs> keep my feet wet. Well, I, I don't, yeah, and I don't mind, I guess I don't mind that the, the running um, and the rain so much actually when I'm running. It's just the, the process of, I mean, my problem is, is the laundry that uh, you have afterwards. And I feel like I don't know what to do when I have like the very wet sob soaking wet uh clothes yeah do you throw them in the hamper and just let them just like rot there just funk up your whole laundry yeah, exactly <laughs> do you do that and then throw like nice work clothes on top of that no i put it right in with whatever else happens to be dirty at the time all right and then do you wash it immediately yeah because if you because this is always a dilemma i have so like if you leave it on top of the sort of dirty not super dirty like if it's really funky like you said muddy and like which is kind of cool to run through all that stuff and then it kind of seeps its way into the half dirty not really dirty stuff and then when you wash it does it really get clean no no see it doesn't really really get clean you gotta really nip that in the bud yeah so i do you do you put it in a do you have bin set up where you just have running stuff and then other stuff or do you put everything together? Oh yeah, I'm one of those people. I have like a running bin, I have a normal Smart. clothes bin, and then I have like a delicates bin. See, that's my problem. I don't have separate bins. I think I just throw everything on top of everything. And you can lose like really good stuff. Like you got a nice shirt that you got from uh, Brooks when you're out in Seattle or something like that that you don't want to wear as just a uh, running uh, running top or shorts that you, you're going to get muddy. You want to wear it to work and, you know, proudly show off your, uh, new Brooks stuff. But if you put it in the laundry with the stuff that's like really disgusting, it's going to get the funk. It's going to get the funk. That's exactly what it is. I couldn't come up with the term. It's the (laughs) funk. So, all right. So it's, it's separate bins. I I get it. That's exactly what I'll, I'll, I'll have to do. Um, but other than that, I, I don't mind. I'm with you. I don't mind the rain. Um, the only yeah. thing I don't like about the rain going on right now is some of my favorite trails are flooded over. Yeah. And it's causing some problems. Yeah. It, it definitely is, uh, caused uh, a number of running routes, uh, you know, to take, you got to take, uh, uh, detours and alternative paths. Um, I, I know that, uh, a couple spots on the canal have been tough. The off the canal that, uh, I think Joanne always called the connector trail. Mm-hmm. If you go through that, I mean, you, you better be ready to like, jump through puddles like your galoshes gal- what are galoshes like your rain boots yeah your rain boots so you got to have have that but yeah f- and then there's a few areas actually on the uh like the the wno and d trail and custis trail that have standing water and you can get through it but uh yeah i i uh I, i've i've been um on a few runs recently and and come back with muddy shoes and muddy clothes and so uh, the separate bins, I think, is a is a good idea. It's the key. It's only a problem when you don't get the bins in your car, too. So you leave your wet, muddy running stuff in your car right. like I do. Yeah. My car has this funk. It's yeah. in the whole seats now. It's all over. But hopefully by Thursday, we'll be cleared up, ready to go for DCXE um, this Saturday, which is, we'll talk about DCXE a little bit later on the program as well. Um, but I mentioned I was in Seattle, and it wasn't raining. Crazy. Had some really, really good runs there. Um, and, uh, it was a great meeting with, with the folks at Brooks running. And there's a few listeners, uh, that, that I met out there that work for Brooks. So we appreciate them listening to the program and we are back. They were asking if we were back. Yes, we are back. Um, but I, I don't know what I can say about this, but I wanted to mention this to you, Tess. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest running events that we've said, we're only going to talk about once or twice. Um, and we've talked about basically every episode since is the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Brooks athlete, Desi Linden was your Boston marathon, 2018 champion. And, you know, it was a historic run. Speaking of bad weather, (laughs) awful weather. Um, and you know, obviously the group from Brooks running is super proud and it was an amazing day. And, uh, I, I heard a few of them who work for Brooks recount the stories of where they're watching and how everybody was super surprised and I think it's something people remember where they are and what happened that day. Some of them were there. Some of them were watching on TV, but they definitely, like you said, remember where they were. Um, Interestingly enough, you know, her uh, apparel that day and her footwear were super highlighted. More than you would in a regular, you know, if if it was just a, 
you know, a regular race in, in nice weather. Um, obviously, everybody wanted to know what the winter was wearing in such terrible conditions and all that stuff. So I don't want to focus too much on her apparel, which she was wearing a jacket, which is crazy. Someone I kind of love that, though. Like, yeah, that's a woman totally of the people. Cool. Absolutely. Totally cool. Wearing a jacket the entire time. But her shoes were these all black shoes from Brooks that no one's ever seen before. Um, and so I had, you know, a lot of questions about what the heck were those shoes? Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't something we sell. Uh, hopefully maybe we will sell them in the future, but, um, apparently they were a special makeup for her that she had never worn. Never before. Never before. I guess she'd done a couple strides in them or something like that. Um, I don't know if there's a name or if they want us to tell the name or what the how, how much detail they want to tell us about or uh, uh, me to say about the shoe. Um, what they don't realize is when they're in these meetings with me, they think I'm like this running store guy, but I'm this intrepid reporter. So they got, <laughs> they kind of got to be careful what they say. Um, but you know they they talked about these shoes and apparently these shoes were made. In like four months or something really fast. fast. Yeah. So these shoes, you know, that that you're running in um, on a daily basis, uh, our listeners of the show, if you're buying them from Pacers, they usually take about 18 months from when the shoe is kind of conceptualized to when you can actually bring them to market. So they um, uh, literally, um, let me just take a sidebar here. Kyle is... um, rolling up in a scooter in one of the bird scooters. We'll talk about scooter later. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's here. So we'll get to Kyle in a minute, but, uh, it takes about 18 months, but they got these done in four months and it was a really cool looking shoot. They wouldn't let us take pictures of it. Sorry. I tweet out a picture if I could, but all black. And apparently it was the exact shoe that they had there in Seattle where Brooks is headquartered that she wore in the race. That's incredible. So they, they didn't even let her keep the shoe. She doesn't was, get to keep one of them? I, I, exactly. I think maybe eventually, but I think it's so top secret now. But also talk about faith in your gear to show up trying uh, yeah, to totally. win this race oh in a shoe you've barely even seen. I know. I just did a couple strides in. It's incredible. Um, but it was a really cool shoe. Uh, all black. Um, I was begging and pleading them to uh, you know bring it to market so our loyal listeners and other customers of Pacers Running could... Uh, could could enjoy the uh, the running shoe experience that uh, she had and um but we had a look at the shoe and you know it was like one of three pairs made or something like that maybe they made a couple different sizes who got the other two (laughs) that's a good question i didn't ask that i didn't ask i I didn't even know what i was supposed to ask or could ask or could say or whatever so do you have to get a security clearance i'm probably getting myself in trouble saying what i'm saying no security clearance needed but um they're they're probably gonna be be sorry that they showed us a shoe or said anything to me as it is but a very cool um we're hopeful that that there's a shoe like that that will come to market that uh listeners and customers can buy sometime in the future um i'd run in it oh for sure yeah I'm desi sure ran that. in it good enough for her good enough exactly for me. <laughs> it made it through uh the terrible weather that day i mean it'd be perfect for running around here these days all right let's switch gears um we're gonna bring in ultra rep we'll, we'll move from brooks to ultra Kyle Northrup, he joined us a few uh, weeks ago. He uh, participated and finished Western States. How many miles of Western States? 100. 100 miles. Unbelievable. Triple digit. Unbelievable. So if you haven't heard that, you got to go uh, back and listen to uh, Kyle's podcast just a few episodes back. But today we're going to switch gears and talk about how running has changed his life. Kyle Northrup coming up next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Tess, we are excited to be joined in studio by former guest from just a few episodes ago. He talked about his experience at Western States. It's Kyle Northrup. Kyle, what's up, Hey, man? guys. How's it going today? It's welcome. going well, man. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, you did share your experience of, of, of Western States. And I just asked Tess, was it 50 miles, 100 miles? I, I forgot. How so many, many miles. How many, <laughs> many miles so it many was. Miles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, a totally different topic today. So we'll switch gears in a moment here, but, uh, you did another race this past weekend at Clarendon day. Uh, how did that go for you? Man, Clarendon day was 
one of the most fun races I've done in a while. Awesome. Um, it's really nice to have a downhill race like that. Yes, for the listeners who haven't run it, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It starts in Clarendon, goes downhill, Wilson Boulevard, and then turns around. You go out 110, turn around, then you finish in Roslyn. So you yeah. don't even need to come back you up the hill. You don't even need to come back up the hill. <laughs> so it is a screaming fast course. And um, obviously, as someone who runs these long distances, um, 5K is something that I don't do a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, ran uh, Clarendon Day, ran um, 2046, nice. which is uh, pretty quick for someone who... Yeah. usually just runs still long warming distances. Up. <laughs> I'm still warming up. Yeah. If you gave me like 97 more miles, like I would have been smoking it. Yeah. And I, I actually, I came up on him at the end and I couldn't, couldn't get him. Could not catch him. Yeah. You got me like, you caught up to me like right before the, the mile three mark. And yeah. I was like, okay, I have like a 10th of a mile to just burn him. Yeah. And he did. And yeah. He did. Um, so when you finish the race now, we're going to talk about scooters today in the program as well, later on in the program. Um, but when you finished the race, did you take a scooter back up the hill? Because we just saw you take the scooter here. Yeah, to I took the-, the scooter here. I live about a half mile away. So. <laughs> I know. Dude, it's better than me. I dro- Here's my car right out there. It docks you a hard yeah. time. I, I drove. I live about a half mile away. As yeah, well. I was like, uh, I'll just take the scooter. And it was yeah. it was a lot of fun. If it's sitting there, it's if hard If it's sitting not there, to. you know, there's one always outside my apartment. But so. the trick is some people hide them now. Some people hide There's them. There's someone in my neighborhood that has four scooters in their garage, and they're just hoarding them for their personal use. I was, um, I'll give you a good story. I was at the dentist last week, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, I'm sitting there waiting to be called to, you know, go in. I was getting a filling done. And someone comes in with the scooter. In the building? Into the building. Wait, you can't do that. I know. You're supposed to leave him outside, but she brought it in with her. And she was like, yeah, I just need this for, you know, after my appointment. Was she hanging out with it in the chair? <laughs> it, she, she put it like next to the door, but like she was I, like, this is mine now. Wow. This is next level stuff. So they're hoarding them in their garages. They're bringing them in the dental offices. And it, it, I knew that there was going to be some stuff that went on that was nefarious or, or, yeah. or not. Some sh- scooter some shenanigans. shenanigans. Scooter but, shenanigans. But yeah. I thought they'd be throwing them in. I thought it'd be destructive, not like people like holding on to them so they could get them for their next. They're uh, too valuable. You can't yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, what a lot of people do, you can also, um, as a side hustle, you can pick them up and charge them. Um, mm. And some people, what they do, they hide them and then it gets reported lost. And then the bounty for charging it goes up to like $20. And then they'll be like, oh, look, I found it. And then mm. claim the $20, which is the nefarious wow. actions okay. we thought would happen. Wow. All right. But you get, like, f- no. you get like $5 a pop to charge them. See, I thought I had this running hack that uh, everybody everybody's figured everything else. My, my running hack is so – and I'm going to share it now since I was going to share it later in the program. But I, I was – like a month ago, I thought I had figured it out. Like a month ago, I was so hot. So during the middle of the day, it was the only time I could run, run down to the island – I live about a mile downhill from the island and just run around the island a few laps. And it's about 10 degrees cooler on Roosevelt Island. And then come out and then find a scooter and take the scooter up the hill. I mean, that's just basic stuff. I was so proud of myself um, because then I wouldn't have to run in the heat up the hill. Up the hill, yeah. Right. I was so proud of myself because I used to ride the bike up the hill. But the problem was I'd have to you know, ride the bike. And riding the bike is hard. Um, taking the scooter is easy. But... Uh, anyways, that was my story, but your story about hoarding them in the, the, in the ho- garage. hoarding them in the garage and your story about the taking the dentist them to the office. way, way better than mine. Yeah. No, but that's, that's the new run hack. You know, you just run out to where you want and just scooter back. Yeah. I've done it a couple times. I too. thought people were going to do that for Claren today in between the five and the 10 K hop on a scooter, get back. You know, next hill. year, what we need to do is we need to coordinate with bird yeah. and have a bunch down at the down finish there. line. Yeah. That's a good Maybe idea. They can come on as a sponsor. finish fast, get a scooter or else you got to walk it. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That was a, it was, I ran up, I ran up back to the, uh, the start line for Clarendon day. Yeah. And it was a, it's a hike. I mean, it's only like, you know, two, it's less than two. It's a little bit more than two miles, but it's like, it's like just, yeah. Well, it's we, a had, we had a really cool event uh, at Clarendon Day. Uh, the, the next Pacers running race, you should sign up for Kyle as a, uh, a, a giving a ringing endorsement of how fun that one was. Our, our next race is uh, not actually until Veterans Day. So sign up now. That's going to be in November. Uh, a really cool race uh, at, uh, at the Haynes Point area there um, in November. So 
Who won the uh, club challenge? Oh, uh, man. The, not so the club challenge. The, not the running club challenge. That's that's our event in uh, that's our event July. For July, for, yeah. So this is yeah, the rep so, challenge. Who won the so rep challenge? So one of your employees had the really good idea of pitting all the local shoe reps together. Um, and what we had to do, we had to um, call out whatever 5K time you think you could run. And you could run with no watch, no phone. And whoever got the closest to their prediction won a baseball bat. So it was the nice. call your shot rep challenge. Um, I unfortunately did not win. Chris from On did. Right on. Okay. However, what I did do uh, after the race at Whitlow's, I did take the baseball bat and play uh, some Beyonce and just tried to laminate it up. <laughs> I was just swinging the bat around as if I was Beyonce. So I still got you know a minor win from the situation. That's, that sounds like a bigger win than Chris got. Do you have That's a yellow good. dress too? I wish I had up. a yellow yeah. dress. You know. I wish I could be Beyonce, but you know, alas, I'm I'm not. All right, I, I don't know how we transition, but we got to get to this uh, this uh, movie that's coming. out. I'm going to call it a short movie that's coming out. So it's coming Piece out. Of film. It's a film. It's a film. a documentary film coming out Thursday. And actually, uh, Kyle said it's coming out today as we sit here on September 24th. But uh, it, we're going to show it at our our, our 14th Street store uh, at seven o'clock on Thursday, the 27th. Uh, the film is called what, uh, Tess? It's uh, called Story 101. Story Kyle. 101. Okay. Got so, it. Story 001. That's I'm sorry. Three zeros? I thought it was three zeros. It might be three zero, zeros. Zero, zero, one. Zero, zero, now, zero, what's one. the, what's, that was what I was going to first ask you. Is there any uh, reason why it's called that? No. I mean, the thing is, is that we had searched for a while to kind of find a title for this project. Um, you know, this kind of project all started stemming from the conversation we had about Western states, you know, I had so much to tell on that after that, that we didn't really get to talk about on the podcast. And we kind of had this idea. I've been looking for some sort of medium to talk about running and depression and mental health. And, you know, your marketing team was like, let's, let's make a, let's, let's tell your story. Mm -hmm. Um, so this, uh, this, this documentary is just a short little trail running film about you know me running Western states and my own struggles with depression, mental illness, um, and suicide, and it is just meant to be a really raw film just to kind of start some conversations in the running community. Yeah, and I think uh, I've I've seen the, the the cut and it's really really powerful. Um, what I think is most powerful is the fact that you're just putting yourself out there, and you know that's hard. Like, why did you decide to? to do it and say, you know, Hey, a lot of people struggle with depression, but not a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. Super and public. and yeah. I don't think it's even just, I specifically struggle with depression. I mean, the whole idea of naming this story one essentially was that we all have a story here and you know, mine is a story I'm going to tell, but other people have these other stories that are also of triumph and struggle. And, you know, even if you're someone who doesn't deal with my personal struggle, you may have some of your own and have your own story and maybe want to tell that. Um, I'm a really lucky person in the fact that I am open and honest about who I am and how I struggle. And it is a privilege to have the gift to talk about openly. And I saw this as like, you know, I have this ability to talk openly about who I am and what I struggle with. And not a lot of people do have the ability to talk about it. You know, they, they fear, you know, how their people view them, you know, retribution from their employer, um, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Just people will view them differently. And, you know, honestly, I am who I am and I'm going to be unapologetic about that. So you definitely are. And we love you for that, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but you truly were at a point in your life, and I want you to talk about this, where you thought suicide was your best option, maybe only option. Yeah. Um, so about two years ago, last October, um, I was in just a really, really low place in my life. And I did think that was the best option. Um, and I was driving home one night and tried to crash my car into a, a highway sign just mm. to, you know, just to end it all. And I remember, you know, moments before I hit that sign. Just, so you actually did hit I, the, wow. I did not hit the sign. I well, swerved out of the way. So like yep. moments before I hit it, I just swerved out of the way and saying like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, I think anyone can relate to a story of struggle. 
Um, and there are a lot of, you know, what people perceive as an easy way out of a struggle. But um, I tell people all the time that like, even if you are struggling, the struggle is always worth it. Um, So I kind of took that moment and I could have let that eat me alive. You know, I could have just let that, you know, suffocate me. And instead, uh, four days later, I ran a a 100 kilometer race. Wow. I think the running community is really supportive of their runners. And I basically put myself into this race to say like, Hey, I'm going to have all these people around me supporting me. Um, and just have those people around me is going to help me get through and work through mentally what I just went through. I think that's so cool though. Cause I think with a lot of ultras and longer races, you spend time out on the trail by yourself. So you're in this yeah. community, but you're still completely alone out on the trail. Yeah. And I think there's just like, there's like this just human quality of just going out into the darkness. You know, when you're doing these hunt, you know, hundred mile, hundred kilometer races, very few people finish during daylight hours. So there's for most people going to be a significant part of your run where you're running in, in darkness. So you also started Western States in the dark and not to spoil the movie. Yeah. Um, but you talked about a moment on the start line and, and starting yeah. I mean, you start that race at 5 a.m. before the sun comes up. And, you know, I sat on that start line being like, I don't deserve to be here. You know, I'd really had kind of gone back to a really low place in my life and really didn't train for Western states the way that I should have. Um, I really, you know, if you look at my training logs, I did about 15 miles a week to train for Western states 100. And, um, I am so thankful that I finished. However, I would recommend to no one to do 15 right. miles a week of training. And, you know, for the longest time, you know, I had to, you know, people would ask me about my training and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm sick, I'm injured, and kind of hiding the fact that I was struggling because, you know, it's hard to be open about who you are and what you're going through to to people, you know. So you, you know, you, you make the decision to thankfully not hit yeah. the sign and swerve back uh, you know, into the road and hopefully back into a, you know, a better path. Um, but I'm sure the struggle can, you know, the struggle, you can't just start running. Um, and then, you know, like you said, you struggle all the way through Western States. Like, what are the things that you do? Do you notice this coming on the depression or notice you get into a point where maybe I'm going to get to this bad place and, I need to stop this or the things that you do or things that you notice along the way that help that you can like stop it in in its tracks. I think one reason why I both have the ability to talk about this and the ability why I'm able to just describe this is that I have a really good amount of self-awareness. So I can almost feel when that is coming in the periphery of my vision you know, when I always kind of describe it in the, in the film as like this storm cloud, just kind of following, you know, following me around mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple days before a, a really big depressive episode, I can kind of feel that closing in on me. Um, and, you know, it's almost, you know, there are things that can kind of help you out of it. You know, running is a coping mechanism I use, you know, a lot of positive self-talk is another coping coping I use. Um, a lot of really healthy tools, but you know, sometimes you can't avoid a storm, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't just, you know, think about all the people, you know, this week and down in, you know, the Carolinas, like you can't just get out of the way of a storm. You Mm -hmm. just got to batter down the hatches and get going. Um, so that's kind of what I do. You know, when I see that, that storm coming, I just kind of bulk up and, you know, get ready for a a wild ride of a couple, you know, a couple days a week, maybe two. So how are you doing now? Um, I'm in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the more open everyone can be as individuals, the, the easier it is because the more support you have. Um, so, you know, coming out with this project, um, has, I've got a lot of really good feedback and support from people inside the running community. I knew that I didn't know they were struggling or people just reaching out to me because they heard from a friend of a friend about this and reaching out to me. Um, 
But yeah, I'm in a I'm in relatively good place right now, which is which is nice. Now you mentioned earlier that you know people struggle with this and they decide, ah, eh, maybe I shouldn't say anything because they're worried about how their family or their work people would yeah. feel. And um, you know, you you work for one of our great partners, Ultra. Yeah. Like how, how you know they know this video is coming out. Um, do they feel you know maybe some people would feel like, wow, this guy's kind of a liability as a depressed, suicidal person, you know, that's really kind of extreme, but you know, maybe somebody would feel that way or an employer, uh, employer would feel that way. Yeah. How have they reacted? Um, so obviously there is a lot of stigma in the workplace. Um, there is some, you know, if you feel like you were ever fired for your depression, mm-hmm. there's obviously, um, ADA, um, mm-hmm. litigation, you can go against that. Yep. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize um, that, you know, it could be depression. It could be something else. We all have something that none of us are perfect. We all have something that we all have our own demons. Um, And the fact that my demon has the name of depression and Mm -hmm. it affects me um, makes it no difference than some other people who have other vices and demons. And, you know, just because mine is something that people do have a negative stigma towards, Uh, This is what we're trying to change. You know, this is what we're trying to talk about and saying, you know, just because I live with depression every single day of my life does not mean I am a uh, less worthful contributor to society or a company, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I can really manage my own symptoms in a way that, you know, I mean, you guys, you guys know, you guys love what I, I hope you guys love what I do for Ultra. (laughs) Yeah. we love that you are authentically you. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, and that's yeah. really what it's all about is like this whole, whole project's all about just being authentic about yourself and being introspective enough to say like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. I want to find people who understand that and can support me through that. And, you know, it doesn't have to just be, you know, I suffer from mental illness, you know, everyone else has their own things they struggle with. And, you know, I want people to watch this and say, wow, this person is really brave for, you know, really naming, you know, their own demons. And what I'm struggling with, maybe I'm going to tell someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a lot of people already reach out to me saying that like, hey, I really appreciate this. You know, it helps me be more open with, you know, my friends, my family, my partner, you know. So... And I'm sure everybody deals with it differently. And you're here. Oh, yeah. You're here, and you're totally honest. So I'm, I'm asking you some some questions that are, you know, maybe maybe uh, digging a little deeper here. Um, you know, we had Todd on a few uh, weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, who deals with uh, high anxiety, and he, he he, you know, he he uses running, mm-hmm. um, and maybe you know some others use medication. I think he might have used medication in the past as well. Um, are there other things you use other than running? Obviously, helps you deal yeah, with it. Is, you know, it me- is there medication? Is there you know sports psychologist, psychologist, psychiatrist? Oh, all I, that stuff? I see. You know, I see a psychologist. I see mm-hmm. a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I do use medication. It's really funny because when we think about mental health in the world, we don't think of a lot of depression as just a, a chemical imbalance. Right. You know, people think like, oh yeah, depression is just a really fancy word for being really, really bummed out. Um, it's not true. You know, my brain doesn't produce enough serotonin to, to, to feel great. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you look at that as, you know, people with diabetes, you know, they have problems producing insulin, you know, when you have someone who's depressed and they don't produce enough serotonin to, you know, be a normal balanced person and look at it that way from a clinical setting. Um, I think a lot of the stigma does get erased. Um, so just people understanding that and, you know, one thing that I, I want to warn people about about this video is that I do not condone using running as your sole right. coping mechanism. <laughs> right. um, it would be great um, if, you know, I could go just go for a run and all my problems go away. Uh, but that's not true. Running has just been a conduit, which I have found this community and support group that has been so helpful to me and has really kept me going. You know, running as an action is so helpful because, you know, sometimes, you know, like your other guests, when you have those like really anxious racing thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes going for a run can help calm those down. You know, just for me, is like when I want to sit in bed all day because I just don't feel great, you know, physically getting out of the house and going for a run can really turn your day around. 
Do you think um, there's ever a time where that's almost a detriment? So I know when you talk to people and they go for a long run or they compete in a big race and afterwards they feel like, okay, I just did this big thing and that's been the focus of my whole life. Now what? And sometimes yeah. people get that post-race blues. You get kind of that post-race blues, which, um, you know, definitely I had. You know, I'm, I've been, I haven't really been running much since Western States. Um, you know, just kind of really got the same kind of thing. You know, I think a lot of people when they do something big like that and then they kind of lose a purpose, you know, when you're training for a big race, you know, you have this purpose, you know, you have this, your eye on the goal. And when that's passed, you're like, well, what am I going to do now? And that kind of aimlessness can be really difficult to kind of navigate. Um, but you know, that's why we have this community around us. You know, I will speak a hundred percent about how amazing this running community Mm -hmm. is. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just all about the people we surround ourselves with, you know? Well, I give you a lot of credit, man. And I, and I, and I wanted to ask you about if there's, you know, other things that you do, whether it's, you know, a psychiatrist or a psychologist or, you know, a, uh, medication and whatever. I mean, I think people really are scared to go that route because of the the negative connotation of it. And it's sad. I mean, those are tools, like you said, like if someone has that help diabetes, you. yeah, it's, it's not a, it's, it's not a negative in society that someone gets, you know, yeah. help with, I mean, we don't, any other, you know, we ailment. don't shame people with like high blood pressure right. for taking <laughs> blood pressure medication. Exactly. Um, we don't shame diabetics for taking, you know, insulin medication. And that's the thing is like when the struggle you have, the medical struggle that you have is relatively invisible. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I don't, you know, you don't see me and be like, Oh, that looks like (laughs) a depressed person. You definitely don't. No, I don't at all. Looks like a guy with a crop top on. Yeah. It looks like, um, no one's ever sad wearing a crop. No one's ever (laughs) sad. It's clinically proven. It's a half shirt. I don't know. We'll tweet out a picture of him uh, running, uh, this weekend in a half shirt. So, you know, it's really hard when, your medical struggle is relatively invisible to people looking mm-hmm. at you, strangers looking at you, people who may not know your whole story looking at you. Um, and, you know, we would never tell anyone who has a, a physical illness, just be like, just suck it up. Right. right. Have you tried, have you tried yoga? smiling more? Have you tried <laughs> yoga? Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, the more we talk about these conversations, the easier it, it becomes to, for other people to have these conversations, you know. Well, the, the video is, is going to be out here, probably out now. Uh, it will be on runpacers.com. It'll be on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll tweet it out at Pace the Nation as well. Uh, Brayden is our videographer. She did a great job. An amazing you. job. She did a great job. And the shots around um, here, D.C., Arlington, uh, are, are incredible. Uh, maybe some out. I think you guys went out we to, went Lake, out to Akatink Lake, Lake Akatink, so Fairfax County area. I mean, just... Beautiful. I mean, it shows what great spots there are to run around this place. Um, I always wonder how long these video uh, video shoots take. I mean, it, you know, it, it, for like a four-minute, five-minute video, what we are we did, talking here? We did it all in one day, and it actually was probably about, and this is what was really stunning to me as well. It was about six hours of footage. Oh, wow. So we did, we woke up in the morning. We did a sunrise run at TR Island. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there for about two it's hours. Nice and cool. You can take the nice and cool. scooter back up the hill. Yeah. Well, we did it on we did it on the the last Wednesday in August, so it was still like ninety two degrees yeah, and yeah. humid. So we we chose to do it like seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we spent about two hours running there, um, and then we came actually back to the Pace the Nation podcast room, and we did the interview, right? Um, which was probably about another hour and a half, two hours um, of just some really raw emotional stuff. And then we went to Akatink to film for about another two hours. So we, we probably did about six hours of filming, you know, about an hour of driving around everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we spent the whole day filming. It's awesome. Um, so there's about six hours of footage just for, you know, a four or five minute video, four or five minute it's cra- you know, video. It's crazy. Uh, podcast is a little different. We don't do... Um eight hours of recording for an hour. Yeah. If uh, only. If, if only. <laughs> I know. You guys would be here like we, just trapped in here every we, week. We get an hour of gold by just uh, by just doing about an hour and 15 minutes of recording or an hour and a half. Yeah. Maybe sometimes two hours, let's be honest. Um, well, yeah, Braden did it. Did an amazing job. I also got to give big props to uh, Megan Trulove, who um, 
She was kind of like the director. She was our director. Director, would you call call yeah. her? Yeah, I think she's creative a, visionary. Creative, creative visionary. visionary. She's got a career. In and this you know, thing. Heather Heather was Heather Jeff was the first person when I told this to. She was like, "Oh my god, we need to like, we need to tell this story," because I was originally, you know, when I was first telling Heather, I was looking to, you know. Do I start my own podcast, mm-hmm. which is, you know, as you guys know, very difficult. Well, we can't even get this thing going again after we stop. So, yes, very yeah. difficult is right. Do I, you know, do I myself make a video? Mm-hmm. Do I write, you know, start a new blog? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really looking for a medium to tell this. And, you know, Heather was like, we need to tell this. And, you know, I'm really glad that we partnered. I partnered with Pacers to do this video. Came out amazing. Yeah. Well, on September 27th, we share our documentary, a, a host, a panel discussion as well. Uh, sounds like we're s- serving some beer and donuts. Uh, yes, I'm reading this right off the, the Facebook page. A free event. Again, uh, Pacers 14th Street at 7 p.m. So you'll be there. Is there another panel of other folks? Yeah, so we actually have a really nice panel that um, you guys put together. We I have a sports psychologist come in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another member of the community who I believe he suffers with anxiety. It's the... Uh, one of the people from uh, Sugar Shack Donuts okay. is coming. Oh, the Donut Link. Okay, yes. the Donut yeah, Link. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where the Donut Link's coming from. Nice. Uh, we have another one of your um, employees talking as well. Great. Um, so it's Kara, right? Yeah, it's Kara. Yeah. Um, so we're just gonna have a really great conversation about you know several different people who struggle with different things, talking about how they feel, and hopefully, you know, we get some people talking about their their feelings. Well, you know? raw discussion. I uh, look forward to that on Thursday. Um, so you said you've had a, a bit of a, in, in, I, I don't, I don't blame you, man. You just ran Western States, but you've had a little bit of a problem getting off the mat to get back into yeah. to training. Have you got anything on the schedule other than Clarendon today? Like you did this past yeah, week? Clarendon today was my only thing. Um, <laughs> another ultra maybe, I are think you, are you eyeing something? I'm eyeing right now. So I'm eyeing, um, Zion hundred miler okay. in, in April. Um, it's the weekend of Boston marathon. Um, I've done that race. That was my first hundred miler, um, the hundred miler where I almost lost my leg to an infection. Mm. What? Um, oh, you guys never heard that story? Oh man. I, I got a, yeah, just quickly. Yeah, yeah. I got a cut from a cactus in mile two of that race and I got infected and they almost had to amputate it. That was wow. my first hundred miler. During the course of the race? During or? the race. Yeah. It was about the, my knee was about the size of like a grapefruit. Yeah. Wow. So. All right, so Zion. Zion is what is West Coast again? Geography challenged here. Where is that located? Utah, Utah. Southern Utah. Okay, very cool. All right, we're going to hold you to that, and then we're going to check in with you um, and make sure that you do it. Um, but in the meantime, uh, the event again is Thursday. So go to 14th Street, 7 p.m. Thursday. Uh, Kyle will will share his story and others on the panel. Um, we, we really appreciate you doing this for the running community, for Pacers, and everybody out there who's listening. Well, awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, and thank you so much for uh, letting me achieve my dream of being on the Pacers podcast. That's, twi- that's twice. That's uh, twice. That's twice now, man. Yeah. Yep. All right. There he goes. That's Kyle Northrup. He's with Ultra. He's an ultra marathoner. Uh, he's going to share his story Thursday, 7 p.m. at 14th Street. This is Space Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program. And thanks again to Kyle Northrup for joining us today on Pace Nation to talk about his new short documentary coming out this week. Um, and you know, like Kyle always does, he's authentic and raw and good conversation with him. So appreciate him coming in second time on the podcast. That's big time. That's only one fewer time than I've been on. Wow. (laughs) Is that true? Wow. All right. Well, I think you're going to quickly lap him the way I see this thing going, uh, here in the near future. Uh, but very cool. Check out Kyle, uh, Thursday at 14th street, seven o'clock. Um, so I wanted to, to do this story next, uh, Tess. This was a, a really sad story that uh, hit a lot of people here um, in the D.C. running community pretty hard. Um, Wendy Katrina Martinez um, was actually a um, very much a strong member of the, the running community in D.C. And um, she was... Uh, killed 
In Logan's circle last week, I believe it was um, Tuesday of last week, mm-hmm. um, just on a run, uh, you know, seven, eight o'clock and what I think is a very safe neighborhood. Oh, absolutely. And Logan circle. And she was 35, uh, just got engaged. And, you know, I know she frequented the, the 14th street store and was a great customer there. Um, just a freak random incident that it's one of those things that just makes you question. It's nothing you can't plan for that. I know. And you can't plan for it. I mean, and you know, people, people ask me, I was in Seattle and say, well, what kind of area is that? Is that an area that she shouldn't be running? And, you know, I mean, I'd say no, I think it was, you know, an area that was a fine place to run. I think also from what I understand, that's the area where she lived. Yeah. And so if you know she's just running around her house and it yeah it was a normal path for her um i think she'd done multiple marathons so i mean i think she ran every single day or pretty pretty close to every single day um just a senseless tragedy that uh, you know again makes you just question um life um so uh we we wanted to to acknowledge and remember her um on the podcast um i know there was a there was a really um nice big vigil on uh, I believe Thursday of last week where a lot of members of the Logan Circle and DC community came together uh, a lot of the, the I think maybe our fun run finished mm-hmm. there I think the 14th there. Street store ran there yeah ran there and um, paid tribute to her um, so I just wanted to mention that and um, it's a story that that made uh, definitely local headlines and and you know even even further beyond that in the running community so we want to acknowledge and remember wendy katrina martinez all right so big news this past week was that there was a marathon world record set uh at the berlin marathon at the berlin marathon right, right. now i'm gonna mess up the guy's name now he's he's the he's the 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 nike athlete who was featured in breaking two and he was so close then. So close then. So close then. And even close and, and crazy how, how fast this marathon's uh, becoming. Um, so his name is Elude Kipchoge, I believe is his name. I probably butchered a little bit of both his first and last name. But um, Kipchoge uh, ran 201.39 at, uh, Ber- in Berlin this past week, this past Sunday, to break the world record. Uh, just an unbelievable uh, race. He, he ran the first half um, in about 101. Um, so that's a half marathon. Yeah, a half a marathon. Over an hour. A little over an hour, about an hour and one, which hour, I think 101.06 or something like that. So basically ran the second half in the same pace. So it really just incredible. And I, I think uh, his pacer... Um, so he had a, a, a pacemaker in the, in the race. I, I just don't think could keep up past the half marathon. No, I dropped. think, I think they, they had planned to have the pacemaker run, uh, further than that. But, um, you know, he ran essentially, you know, the last 17 kilometers or so by him, you know, last 10 miles. I think he had least. more than one pacer too. And he, he had dropped. more than one yeah. pacer and he just basically dropped them, um, so, you know, everybody remembers breaking two in his attempt to break two. And these races that are officially like IAAF certified races, you can't have pacers jump in and out of the the, uh, the event like they had at uh, No, they just have to go two. the whole time. They have to go the whole time. And when they're done, they're, they're done. So the fact that he was able to run the last, you know, 10 plus miles by himself is and makes he was even cruising more incredible. Too. I know. I think the coolest thing watching him run is he just seems so joyful yes. at a pace that everyone else was just absolutely suffering. Is it was crazy. So 201.39 breaks out to be at what per mile? About 438. All right. So 4:38. So let's break that down even for, further. So that would be four times around the track. Each lap being what? Just under seventy seconds. <laughs> so just under seventy. So, so I I saw this on Twitter. Like people were trying to figure out how long they could actually run with him. Some were, you know, so seventy seconds, maybe sixty nine ish seconds was what he averaged for the whole twenty six point two. So could you run one of those? I don't know. That'd be 
maybe you and I could do that, but it would be... I could do one. Maybe one. But, I mean, a lot of people were breaking down even further. Like, okay, could I run a 34-second 200-meter? <laughs> or could I run a 17-second? So people basically broke down to... I could probably run 100 meters with them for 17 seconds. Um, some people was 50 meters, you know, and that's still nine seconds, eight seconds, you know, so eight and a half seconds, something like that. So um, I'd have to get in shape though. <laughs> for the for the you could do the you could do the 50 to 100 meters to the lap, you know. I mean, it's just incredible. 4:38 the entire pace. It just it's amazing, and I, I don't know if he'll ever break two even in the perfect conditions like nike tried to set up but i do believe that it'll evolve to the point where somebody will break two we're, we're, we're really kind of getting there it takes someone special though yeah you, know, you gotta find the special. right person it's unbelievable uh so that was really cool um you know that wasn't the only cool thing about the berlin marathon no, this well, year though they had the um the first time they started using the reusable cups Oh, really? It has been setting up. So essentially, runners are issued this little silicone squishy cup they can carry with them, hmm. and they collect them all at the end, wash them, and put them back out there. Wow. So instead of all those plastic like and paper h- cups, you get of thousands of yeah, cups. Yeah. And if you run yeah. through an aid station in a marathon, it's right. just a sea of cups. Wow. And so Adidas started putting out these reusable ones. It's very cool. Yeah, it was awesome to see. Very cool. Well, hopefully, we see some of that here in uh, the States. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It is amazing that you you go to Marine Corps, which is next month, and just look at one aid station and think about twenty thousand runners, you know, running. And let's say they use on a regular day, you know, I don't know, ten cups each. Yeah. You know, so that would be two hundred thousand cups for just twenty thousand finishers. And that's just one race. And that's just one race, right? So very cool. So that did they actually have the cups? Um, so you didn't have to carry your cup; you could just use that cup. I think they had both options that so you could carry a cup and they mm-hmm. had like running water that okay. you could stick it under or they had pre-filled cups ready to go, oh, both of which cool. were totally reusable. Right. That's very cool. I did not see that. I'm glad you brought that up. So Berlin Marathon, trend set. I think that that's a race sponsored by Adidas. Very cool. The trend setting there. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we just had the Clarendon Day 10K, 5K, double. So check your results out uh, at runwashington.com. Uh, and I mentioned earlier, you can sign up for, you know, all our race series on runpacers.com. Our next race is the uh, the, the Veterans Day race in, in November. Uh, before that, of course, there's Marine Corps Marathon. Um, so we'll, we'll be heavily involved in the Marine Corps Marathon. So you'll see us along the way. But our next Pacers race is uh, the Veterans Day race. All right, finally, Tess, I wanted to, to bring this up. It is cross-country season. We actually are putting on the DCXC cross-country meet this weekend. Very excited about that. Um, so cross-country is in full swing, and, you know, there is so many social media outlets following, you know, high school kids more than ever. You oh, know, yeah. Um, whether and it, the kids are all on the Instagram. All on the Instagram. Stuff, and, they, yeah. and they, you know, will be tweeting and all that stuff at, at and, and Instagramming from DCXC. But the kids are really into it. And this is, you know, we don't have docs for what's grinding docs' gears today. But, you know, I don't know if this bothers me, but I, I guess I'm sort of a purist. And I long for the days that the kids would run cross country and try to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. And that was the point of running. And I love, you know, everybody to run for whatever reason they want to run. That's great. But even if you're the last person in the race, I'd still love to see you try to get from point A to point B. I think B that's the whole point, too, yeah. for, especially for kids. You know, you're out there. You're there to participate. Mm-hmm. It's, they have a good time. Yeah. And and I think a good time, like a good an time. An actual good time. An actual I didn't good mean time. it that way. Not, <laughs> like a, not like a good – I mean, you have a good time, too, when you run fast, as yeah. fast as you can. So my pet peeve and what's grinding Farley's gears a little bit is – this idea that you can go viral um, on cross country uh, at a cross country meet, you know, because it is through the mud, especially out like it is today. There's going to be a lot of mud out there at, at the DCXE. There's, you know, water that people, you know, so you'll see like kids like jumping in, doing a cannonball into a puddle or something like that. I've and, seen this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm gonna give you an example of something that hit runner space. I'm going to play it for the audience as well. Uh, this is just a group 
a pack of runners in a race. Uh, I don't know where the race is. Runner space, Instagram, you can check it out. Uh, and I'll play it for you now. Yeah, so they're singing John Denver. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, so maybe it's West Virginia. I mean, I get it. I, who doesn't love Country Roads by John I mean, John on Denver? the warm-up, I'm down for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. These kids, again, we just played you the audio. You, we'll tweet out the video as well. These kids are actually in a race, and they're All singing. I, was, I was never able to breathe well enough in the middle of a race <laughs> exactly. to sing anything. Exactly. And the, sorry, I'm about to play it again. But they've got 62,000 views. And, you know, that's, you know, these guys are, 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 are running like it's some, you know, fun run, warm up fun run or whatever. I mean, it's fine. I love that they're enjoying it. My problem is I think they're doing it more for the video or to go viral than it is to, um, you know, to actually try to well, run I think fast. it's also then a waste of some people's time. Like if you're going to go out and go for a nice fun run singing with your teammates, do it on your own time. <laughs> right. You have officials out there, your parents exactly. come out that, your coaches are putting in their time. And it's not like a high school cross country coach is making bank. Right. Yeah. Give them the respect and try it. I mean, get off my lawn. I wish <laughs> Docs was here. Give them the respect. Come on. Um, no, I, I, I like the fact that they're having a good time, but I'm just seeing more and more of these videos. And I just wanted to point that out, that that is a, a pet peeve of mine. So if you're a high school kid listening, come on. I think there's a time and a place. Yeah, exactly. Time and a place. All right. Episode 167 in the books. All right, Tess. Thanks again for your sitting in today thanks for making on, it on the show official I yeah think. i think it's sort of official <laughs> we'll have to get docs here hopefully docs will be back next week and we'll uh, make it truly official i uh, also want to of course thank uh kyle northrup for joining us talking about his struggles uh, with depression and his video coming out uh this week you can check out that stuff runpacers.com all right for William E. docs who's not here for tess who is here probably here to stay. I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week. guy's picking up bird scooters right outside the window are you seeing this guy outside the window uh, yeah i mean it's it's crazy that we talked about bird scooters initially kyle rolls up on a bird scooter i tell a story about a bird scooter and now this guy has four of them i parked know outside. i think he's picking them up i i hope that he works for, i almost want to go out and ask him if he actually works for bird or if he's the guy who's hoarding them in his garage i hope that he's not the guy who's hoarding <laughs> him in the garage does he you think he looks like a I think he's on the app right now, trolling to find another one. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take a picture of that this just in case that this guy is up to something, <laughs> you know, trying to get that $20 finder's fee because he doesn't have like any sort of bird official gear on. So well, I think that's also the gig economy though. You pick up, you get picked up in an Uber. It's not like there's a uniform. That that's that's true. That is true. So there's he, a sticker. He maybe could, they need stickers. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we need to make him a sticker. Um, he does look like 
I don't know. He he's looks on a legit. mission. He looks legit to me. He looks like he's on a mission to get as many bird scooters as possible. I'd say he's probably uh, legit and not up to no good. Oh, I think so. All right. I took a picture just in case. So if there's bird scooters reported stolen from Clarendon. This is the one. Yeah. Contact me.